we're going to start a, a Christmas series uh, today. This is Advent season, and Advent is a fancy word that just means arrival. And, uh, and so traditionally, we take the weeks leading up to Christmas to really kind of focus in on the significance, the meaning behind the season and, uh, and what we celebrate. And so we like to take several weeks and do that, culminating at our Christmas Eve service, which is going to be amazing. And so uh, I know this, like, uh, it was, I guess, basically the day after Thanksgiving, officially, the floodgates open and it's, it's Christmas, right? Uh, some people start listening to Christmas music around Halloween, which is just sick, and you, you, you need prayer. But, uh, uh, but I, I held out until, I think, uh, until around my birthday, so it was the 22nd, so the week of Thanksgiving, I, I, I held out, and I, I just couldn't wait any longer. I had to play some Charlie Brown's Christmas. But um, uh, now that it's uh, December, obviously it is full-on Christmas, and so we're, we're immersed with the, the, the sights and the sounds and all the music that you can handle, the movies. How many of you guys started watching Christmas movies? Anyone? I just introduced my daughter to Christmas Vacation, and uh, at the end of it, she just looked at me. She's like, yeah, that was weird, and uh, so I was like, come on. It's amazing, so, uh, but it, it's, it's great. So all the decorations, the lights, uh, all the things that kind of uh, go along with Christmas, and uh, some would say it is the most wonderful time of the year, uh, while others would say not so much. And so um, I know for, for a lot of folks, it is, uh, it is a time of joy. It's a time of celebration. Uh, people get really happy and they smile a lot. But uh, I also know that for some people, it, uh, it is difficult. It's a challenging time and uh, it's, it's a difficult season. And so I think more appropriately, uh, rather than saying it's the most wonderful time of the year, I think more accurately, we could say it's the most potent time of the year. Uh, this time, uh, more than any other time, more than any other season, it has the power to highlight and, and magnify and, uh, and, and, and amplify all the feelings that maybe we don't even know about or, or we're not necessarily conscious of. But uh, it, it magnifies and amplifies human emotions more than any other season uh, that we experience. And so it is, is powerful in that way. And, and there's some hurts and some, some uh, sadness that can come to the surface that you wouldn't otherwise even think about. And uh, I know it's challenging when you experience loss and, uh, and then the, the holidays come around and it just sort of reminds you of that loss. And, and I know there's, there's seasons where we feel alone and for whatever reason the holidays make, make that loneliness more real. And it, it's more uh, of a reality that we have to face. And so um, it is, it, 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 for a lot of people, what it does is it makes you uh, want to be more kind. And so some people become kinder around the holidays. Uh, other people, for whatever reason, it, 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 it highlights frustration and people become more short-tempered around the holidays. If you've ever shopped on Black Friday, God help us all. Uh, it, it can. It can make us more grumpy. Uh, it, can, it can certainly in, in bring incredible joy 
into our hearts, but also it can, it can bring incredible sadness. And so this season has that ability. And, and, and I think all of that, believe it or not, is good. And, and even the sadness that we feel around Christmas, I, I, I think it's okay. And, and I want to say this just as, a, as, an, as an aside. Uh, I, I think Charles Dickens has ruined us to where um, if you don't feel happy and, and joyous around the holidays, others would say you're a Scrooge or you're the Grinch. And that is not the case. And, and I'm sorry that that you've been made to feel that way. Uh, you can't help how you feel. And so it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a powerful season that, that brings forth a lot of things. And I think uh, when it brings forth sadness like that and hurts and, and wounds that we experience, uh, I think it's a beautiful way that God brings those things out in us to wrap his arms around us, to bring comfort and healing in those areas. And so uh, it, it all that speaks to the power and the significance of what we're celebrating. Uh, it is a powerful season, and, uh, and we're, we're focused on something that is absolutely world-changing, life-altering. And, uh, and so I, I think uh, the, to sum all that up is to say that in this season, it's a reminder that Jesus meets us right where we are. Whether we are down and whether we are low, or, or maybe we're being confronted with who it is that we wish that we were all season, all year round. Uh, I think we get glimpses of a, a, a different version of ourselves around the holidays, a lot of us, and we're like, man, I, I want to be this person uh, year round, and it's difficult, and it's almost discouraging, because you realize, I can't sustain this, I can be nice around the holidays, but then that's pretty much all I got. So uh, I want to take some time and, and look at this idea of, of Jesus meeting us right where we are. And, and we're going to look at just a few verses, uh, which is basically the, the announcement, the proclamation of the coming of the Savior uh, to a bunch of shepherds. Uh, but I want to look at Luke chapter 2 and verses 9 through 14. And, and we're actually going to look at these same verses for the next few weeks. And uh, there's so much here and uh, so much beauty and, and uh, amazing. Um, I mean, the good news is, is saturated in the announcement of the proclamation of the arrival of the Savior. So uh, this, is, this is a series that we're going to call Good News of Great Joy. And, uh, and that's the annou- announcement. So Luke chapter 2, and uh, we're going to look at verses 9 through 14. This is how it goes. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, Uh, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Um, The them that uh, this is talking about is, as I mentioned, is is the angel of the Lord making the proclamation, the announcement to uh, a bunch of just everyday blue-collar shepherds who were working the night shift. And uh, and so they were out tending uh, uh, their flock, and uh, watching these sheep, and so uh, an angel shows up and, uh, and makes this proclamation that uh, it's, it's time for some good news. Now, now, what makes this such good news 
is the fact that this culture, God's people, the people of Israel, were living amidst such bad news. And so the good news was starkly contrasted with their present situation. Uh, They were going through generations of hardship and oppression. And, uh, and so this, this culture, this generation of, of Israelites were under the rule and the oppression of the Roman government. Uh, they were experiencing a lot of oppression. Um, just, it, it, was, it was a tough time to be alive. In fact, uh, if you look at, there's a very important page of the Bible in between Malachi and uh, Matthew. It's the intertestament period of the Bible. There's a very important page in that, in, that, in that space that is completely blank. And that blank page says a lot. And uh, in fact, that's exactly what they were hearing from God for 400 years. Nothing. So you, you end the Old Testament with this, this amazing prophecy uh, in the book of Malachi, speaking of what's happening, what's going on, where God is uh, in, this, in this situation, his, uh, his frustration with his own people, that they're just, they're, they've become, this is, they're re-inhabiting Israel, they have migrated back, uh, it's a small number, but they're, they're growing in number, but yet they are just as disobedient as they were in the first place, and they are not listening. The Bible, the, the, that book of Malachi is full of uh, corrections. Uh, you're not being generous, you're not helping other people, you're not giving, uh, you're not obeying the law. And so uh, this, this starts, begins 400 years, multi-generations of complete and total radio silence from God. So for generations, the Israelites are just going through the motions. They were left with the law, they were left with the rules and the regulations. Um, I've felt periods of that where I'm just going through the motions, trying to keep my head up, doing what I know to do, and feeling that there's no payoff. Uh, We live in a culture, a time of uh, instant gratification. Uh, We like for things to pay off immediately. Uh, We're going to make some New Year's resolutions, I promise you, in a few weeks. Uh, We all are. We all make some. Everybody makes a little bit of one, at least. And, and some of those, a lot of those have to do with fitness. And we buy a membership of, to the gym. That's when they sell all their memberships. And uh, it's, a, it's a hot item at the beginning of the year, end of the year. And, uh, and so we get memberships. We start showing up faithfully once, twice, three times a week. And uh, if by the end of January we don't see immediate results, we're like, yeah, this ain't working. This isn't for me. I want abs like the first time I do a crunch. That's what I want. Instant abs. Uh, that's, that's what I required. So if I stop eating donuts for like a week, I want to shed like 30 pounds. Uh, I want it all to pay off immediately. That's why, uh, that's why God gave us the microwave, right? I, I saw a video, is a, a British uh, 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 cook, uh, uh, like cooking show host, and she called the microwave a microwave. And that was honestly how she pronounced it. So from now on, that's what I call it. I'm like, hey, put that hot pocket in the uh, micro wave. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, I know I, I, I'm guilty of this. I want instant gratification. I want the immediate payoff. And so here are these, here are these folks, just think about this, going through the motions, trying to be as obedient as they possibly can be for 400 years and nothing. Their whole life, Nothing. 
And so we get radio silence basically from the end of Malachi until John the Baptist shows up. And, uh, and so it's a new forerunner prophet. And so uh, it's, it's a difficult season. So when the angel of the Lord says, hey, I'm bringing good news, it's really good news. And so this past week, somehow, don't ask me how, uh, I dropped my MacBook into a bowl of soup. Don't ask me how. <coughs> and, um, and immediately started making <clears throat> very dangerous noises. It sounded like Chewbacca. And uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a scary time in the Stapleton household. This computer, I've had it for uh, probably 10 years at least. And it, it, you know how it is. You just <clears throat> you rely on your technology, your phone or whatever. And so everything I need is on it, in it. And, uh, and, so, and they're expensive. They're way more expensive than they should be. And I got a good deal on this one way back when. And there's no such things as good deals on it anymore. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm listening to this thing grind and <clears throat> I'm waiting for smoke to come out of its ears. And I'm just like, God, I, I, I kind of need a miracle here. <laughs> uh, I, need, I need you to intervene because I can't do anything. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I, haven't, I, don't, I haven't heard this officially, but once you get soup inside of your laptop, it's probably not the best thing in the world. Uh, Camel's Thick and Chunky plus MacBook Pros. Not a good, comb- not a good pairing. And so uh, the soup was definitely in there. And uh, it, was, it was doing all the noises. And so I just left it alone, and I, I sought the Lord, <laughs> and he heard my cry. And I kept firing it up. It was like, I'm not doing it. And so finally, I, I fired the thing up, and it's just like, I'm back, totally normal. Christmas miracle. And uh, so it was amazing. And so I, in, in that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, uh, God, you're so faithful. <laughs> and uh, crisis averted. And so it was really good news just for my computer to work. Now, every other day of the week, every other day of my life, the fact that computer works, I couldn't, it, it doesn't even cross my mind that that's, that's amazing. It's just expected until you face some troubling news. Uh, when you have a health scare and you realize it's all going to be okay, suddenly you really appreciate your health. Uh, when you, you uh, get some bad news about uh, you know, someone that you love, someone that you care about, and then it turns out God intervenes and something miraculous happens, uh, it, you, you start appreciating things more. Um, that's exactly the setting of this announcement, is the worst of the worst is happening. And, uh, and so, oh, you're so kind, thank you. Give my dad a hand, look at this. I got choked up about the computer. And, uh, <laughs> but this is good news of great joy, and, uh, and, and it's the impossibly good news of something that these Israelites have been holding out for for generations. Even though they're going through hell, even though they've experienced extreme oppression and things have not gone well, and they're just going through the motions, there's still in the back of their mind this hope that one day, hopefully soon, a Savior is going to show up. God promised a Savior, and we, we could use that Savior right about now, 
And, uh, and here's the announcement. He is here. Uh, there's probably my favorite line from any Christmas song. I think it's the most beautiful line uh, of any Christmas song. It's in O Holy Night. And uh, it's that line that says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. I love that saying. I love that line, a thrill of hope. It's like this, this kind of uh, goosebumps that, that go down your spine. It's like, that, man, this is, this is amazing. The thrill of hope uh, and a weary world, this weary world that we all experience that's, that's kind of giving up, throwing in the towel. Uh, so many people are losing hope. Uh, so many people are losing encouragement. So many people are discouraged dissatisfied, uh, they're angry, they're mad. This is a frustrated, uh, the heightened sense of frustration and anger and sadness in our world is unlike any other time. I can honestly say that we could relate to these shepherds because we've experienced so much bad news in just the last couple of years. And uh, it just seems like we've been going through the ringer. And, and life in this world is getting more dramatically difficult every single day. I, I look back fondly. I, I'm very nostalgic. I love nostalgia. I love looking at old things and, and shopping and antique shops and all that. And, and a lot of that is just the fondness I had for a simpler time. Even Christmas is very nostalgic for me. And I think back on, uh, man, I just... I just, I, my mom posted a thing about the Sears Wish Book. You guys remember those? No, just me. <laughs> it's a very young church. Um, the Sears Wish Book was a catalog that you got from Sears that had just Buku toys in the back of it. So you just hurry up and get to the back of it. And I would spend hours meticulously crafting my, my list for Santa and circling things and highlighting and arrows and, and all this and just looking at all the potential. And I'm like, this is, this is like heaven. What if these things showed up under the tree? That was all I had to worry about. It was, you know, what I was going to get under the tree. And then you become the ones that have to pay for them and get them and find them. And, and your child's like, I want the one thing that is impossible to find, and you'll never find it. You, you're going to have to really pay uh, if you're going to find this thing. And so, of course, that's what they want. So it becomes a whole new adventure and so and it just the, the simplicity of of childhood man it's like what do you have to worry about not much and now it's like we worry about everything I mean, we worry about everything so this is a uh, a beautiful promise of a new day the thrill of hope and this weary world can rejoice because humanity was in a mess it was in such a mess that God himself had to show up. Just, just think about that for a second. How bad are we off when God himself has to show up? When the boss, have you ever watched Undercover Boss? Uh, God shows up Undercover Boss. And he's dressed as a baby. And he shows up in the most humblest of forms because this is how desperate we are for intervention. God himself has to come down because we could never, ever go up. God left us with the law and he said, hey, work this out. And the realization and really the realization of this season should be that we can't. Uh, In fact, I'd say the greatest realization of Christmas is that, first of all, Jesus meets us exactly where we are. And where that is, is completely lost without him. 
We are incapable. We are incapable. And we desperately needed a Savior. And so this whole Christmas story that we're all familiar with is a picture of God's move to send His only Son because we needed Him to. Because of how much we needed Him to send that Son. And and it was fueled by love. And it was fueled by compassion. It was fueled by love and compassion for us, where we are. But also, in the same way, He is confronting our inability to save ourselves. The world's uh, attempt to try to save itself. And I've never put these words together. I never thought about in these terms until this week. But Christmas is a confrontation. Christmas confrontation. I'm going to call this message today Christmas confrontation. Uh, Jesus shows up because God is confronting our inability to save ourselves. Jesus showed up because He is confronting the, the fact that we can't save ourselves. And I know that we are all doers, and I know that we're all uh, we're, we're very self-reliant in today's modern age. Uh, we are even resistant to ask for help. I know I am. I am very resistant to ask for help because I want to do it myself. And, and I think we try to be noble and say, I don't want to inconvenience anybody else. No, we don't want to admit that we can't do it, <laughs> that we need help. So we're very self-reliant. We, we kick into problem-solving mode. Uh, in fact, we love problem-solving for other people. We love fixing other people's problems. I love, I love people, people will come up to me, and so I, 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 I've had car issues in the past, and, uh, and people come up to you and just kind of like, they start hiking up their pants, and they're like, hey, you know what you probably, you know what probably is? I'm like, hey, come on, man, just... I'm out of gas, okay? No, it's probably your fuel injector, uh, your, your SPF modulator. Uh, I don't know what that is. That's SPF, that's suntan lotion. Um, <laughs> but we like thinking we have the answers, right? You need more, you need more uh, banana boat on your... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we, we like having the answers, and we like proclaiming that we do. And so uh, this, this season should be a season that is concentrated in such a way that it, it reminds us we don't have the answers. God had to intervene because we, we don't have the answers. We can't save ourselves. We can't fix ourselves. Uh, we desperately need Jesus. The announcement that, that the Savior has come was good news because... People desperately needed a Savior. And that has not changed. That has not gone out of style. There there is two extremes uh, of people that miss the purpose and the focus of of Christmas. Uh, There's one extreme that would say, I am too good, I don't need it. And then there's another extreme that says, I'm too bad, I don't deserve it. Both are wrong. We desperately need the, the significance of what the season's all about. In fact, I think there's a purpose to why we really stop what we're doing and focus on this season. It is the amazing news, the proclamation that God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus meets us right where we are. Uh, somewhere along the way, I picked up this idea. 
and it was probably in ministry, probably doing church, uh, years and years of my life doing church and ministry and, and trying my best to look like I knew what I was doing and to prove myself and to act uh, like the, the supreme theologian and like I had my life together, my stuff together, because obviously God is for the clean and the competent. Obviously God is pro-togetherness and anti-untogetherness, obviously. God likes people who have their acts together, and he has no patience for those who don't. So that's why we try to dress up and put on a lot of makeup and try to get all dolled up for church because you got to look like you got your stuff together. Easter Sunday is the, the, the most populated Sunday in our, in our, in our country. Uh, people fill up the pews, uh, the seats of churches, uh, who do Christmas basically once a year, if that, or, or Christmas. They do, they do church once a year, whether it's Easter or Christmas, but Easter becomes the predominant time where everybody and their mama is in church. But they all uh, are trying their best to look the part, act the part, act like they got their stuff together. Because deep down we picked up that notion that God loves the clean and the competent. And uh, yet... The Christmas story is all about the absolute opposite. That God himself comes to the lowest point imaginable. Just think about this. If you're in control and you want a, you're, you're sending a Savior to show up and bring hope and, and to bring good news of great joy, would you send that Savior in the form of a newborn baby born in a barn placed in a gross, disgusting feeding trough? Probably not. Would you send that baby through an unwed teenage girl to, uh, to amidst all this controversy in a, very, uh, uh, a time where that's extremely uh, controversial, and then allow that baby to be born and wrapped in donkey blankets placed in a feeding trough where animals eat? Probably not. But there is a purpose and a reason behind it. There's a reason that God moves so far to the lowest point imaginable because that's who He's after. He's after people. In fact, I would put it this way. The way that Jesus shows up is exactly the way that Jesus asks us to show up with Him. The, the way that Jesus comes to us is exactly the way that Jesus asks us to come to Him. Vulnerable. In need. That Jesus shows up in a form where He needs help and intervention. He needs His parents. He's fragile. And that's exactly the way that Jesus invites us to come to Him in need, fragile, acknowledging and understanding our human flesh and frailty that we are in desperate need of a Savior. There is a, uh, uh, the origin story of humanity all the way back in Genesis. Cha- uh, the Genesis chapter 3 highlights the fall in the garden where uh, man fell. And the fault was uh, man trying to save himself. Self-salvation was the fall in the garden. I, I got it, God. I, I got this. And, and so that happens. 
And then immediately God institutes a plan of redemption. Genesis chapter 3, we get the plan. And the, the Bible says that God's plan instituted, he says, he makes the proclamation that one day the seed of the woman will crush the head of the enemy. Well, Christmas is a celebration that, that the seed of the woman has showed up to crush the head of the enemy. And, and in the same way that Jesus or, or that Adam and Eve were immediately felt shame and had this sensation to cover up before God, to cover up their, their, their nakedness, to cover up their, their shame, their, their sin, uh, we, are, we are now covered by Jesus. We show up in our nakedness, in our, in our, in our, in our, our frailty, our shortcomings, and unlike Jesus being wrapped in gross, raggedy cloths, Jesus robes us in righteousness. But He invites us to come to Him exactly how we are. In our, in our nakedness, in our, in our untogetherness, in our, in our brokenness, in our fractured flaws, human flesh and frailty, to show up exactly as we are. And that's the message of Christmas, is that Jesus meets us right there. Jesus does not meet us where we should be. He meets us where we are. And I think the beauty of this season is for God to shine light on those areas where we know, we realize, we see clearly how much we need Him. That we are not self-sufficient. That we are not able or capable to save ourselves. That we need Him. And that He places us in family. The Bible says that He sets the isolated into family. Because we need each other. And I think that's the beauty of this, this season is really the richness of what we feel is togetherness. It's family. It's friends. It's, it's being together through all of it. Sharing it together. Um, there's, a, there's a notion that is pervasive in our culture that we don't need community. That we don't need togetherness. In fact, it's very easy to list reasons why we're better and above community. Well, they're just hypocrites. So are you. <laughs> they just focus on the wrong thing. So do you. We're all broken. We all miss the mark. But, but the Bible says, Jesus said it Himself, I will build My church. The, he sets the isolated in a community, in a family. He, he brings us together. Don't forsake this. So Jesus infiltrates our world in order to adopt us as sons and daughters so that we can belong to Him and we can belong to each other. This is the beauty of what we're celebrating. And this is the reminder that we need it. That we need Him desperately. So as we focus on the incredible reality that God Himself would come and meet us exactly where we are, my heart is that he would, we would allow Him to wrap His loving arms around us even where we feel broken, even where we feel sad, even where we feel lost, even in those areas of life where it feels heavy. Uh, I, I really is, is my heart that over the next several weeks is that we would, uh, I love the coziness and the, and the warmth and the, uh, the loviness, the lovey-doviness of Christmas. I, I love the traditions 
I love the music. I love the movies. I, I love the celebration. It is beautiful and wonderful, and I love it. But I also think that there's something way bigger that shines through all that. And that is this reality that we need Jesus. We need Him. And uh, His light and His love cuts through all the noise of this world and meets us right where we are. And so maybe that's the good news of great joy is that, yes, we need Jesus, but we have Jesus. God is with us. So wherever you're feeling, whatever's going on, whatever emotions are, are being highlighted and brought to the surface, my encouragement is this. Lean into them. Lean into them. We, we don't need to hide. We don't need to, to shove that down somewhere. I, I think God brings light to those things in the season for a reason. Because He meets us there. And He is bringing comfort and joy to every corner of our hearts and our minds. So yes, there's some pain that comes along with Christmas, but pain is part of life. Yes, there's some heartache that comes with Christmas, but we have heartache because we're human. See, Jesus didn't say that, that a life with Him is a life free of pain. In fact, He, he, he promises in the upper room with His disciples in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have pain. You're going to have heartache. But I want you to take heart because I've overcome all that. And I meet, I meet you there. I'm with you through it. So in those moments where we feel sadness and we feel despair and we feel low, just remember, He meets us there. In fact, the, the, whole, the whole picture of the arrival of a Savior is how much he loves us so that that love motivates him to come down to descend because we can't ascend to descend to to take our place to take that that place of human flesh and frailty in order to meet us right where we are in our brokenness in our need 